Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Our big game coverage is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. There are not many people that I personally know that have a Super Bowl ring. One of them is sitting right in front of me. Mitchell Schwartz joining us in studio today to tell us stories about playing in a Super Bowl. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Where's your Super Bowl ring? You didn't bring it today? Today's the day to bring it. I only bring it for special occasions. Coming on the drive for Super Bowl week, that's not a special occasion? Yeah, it's getting pretty normal in these parts, (laughs) you know. (laughs) What is it like to get so many media requests now? Like every time I look up, you're on Jim Rome's show, you're on The Ringer. You're You're a regular media member now. Yeah, I don't get paid like it, uh, which is saying something because most media members don't get paid much at all. So that tells you what I'm getting. Um, it's cool. I mean, it's a little bit funny that it's always, you know, we have to get to a certain point in the postseason for people to then kind of want my vantage point. But it's cool. It's a nice little reminder that I was part of something special and have some you know, good insight to share. So I'm happy to have you on here because we've been getting people's various stories about playing on the Chiefs, Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, all of that. I've been asking people this question. I can't remember your answer. When did you realize that Pat was special? Because the game for me is against San Francisco, his first home start. And the throw that he makes in the back of the end zone to Chris Conley is just one of the most incredible throws that I've seen him make. Just the balance, the athleticism, the zip on the ball, the ball placement. It was an amazing throw. That's when I realized, hey, Pat's different. Like, Pat is a better version of Aaron Rodgers. When was that moment for you that you felt that way about Patrick? So I didn't see that play till film the next day, or I guess I saw it on probably Twitter after the game. But, you know, you're just blocking. I think on that one, I was it was the new peelback rule, so you can't hit anybody with forcible contact to going back towards your own end zone unless you just use your hands. So you kind of do like the drive-by. You see it on special teams where guys kind of run with like their hands up and kind of throw your back at the guy. So I was trying to do that to give them a little extra time. So I didn't really see that throw. Um, I feel like there's a lot of different moments. I mean, the Denver game that year, the – I think it was either Sunday or Monday night, the left-handed throw, and just the comeback and being able to, you know, probably the first true adversity we had faced in terms of being down and needing to come back in a, you know, hostile environment. But, I mean, you you look at 10 touchdowns in the first two games, and, you know, he comes home and then has an even better game against San Francisco. I think we're up, or we scored 35 in the first half. And I don't know that there was any one aha moment. I think he just – everything kept being so good that eventually you just kind of get overwhelmed by the evidence that like, man, this dude is as good as the stats say he is. And he just keeps getting better. Um, so yeah, I didn't, that's you know the disadvantage of playing is you don't get to like see the plays happen as they happen the way other people are seeing it. You don't get the, Oh my God, did he just do that moment? You have to kind of catch up with that on film the next day or whenever, you know, you're kind of watching the game on your own. So 
Yeah, I don't know that there was like a pinpoint. I knew that this guy was special because of this one specific thing, but it was just kind of the totality of how good he was, as quick as he was, and the fact that it didn't really get to him at all. He didn't change at all, and he just kept being that good, and he's been that good ever since. Have you seen him grow? I mean, you were there the year that he wasn't the starter. You were there for his first MVP season. You've been there around this team for basically the majority of his career. How have you seen him grow and develop from the kid that was drafted to Texas Tech to now being the best football player in the world? The biggest difference is the mental mastery of what he's able to do at the line of scrimmage, pre-snap, post-snap, his knowledge of everything around him, where guys are supposed to be, what the defense is trying to do. And that's something that he's still going to continue to get better at. He's only, what, 28? He's only played six seasons. He still has so much more experience to uh, learn from in the NFL and so that's kind of the cool thing with his career is the physical is going to keep getting a little bit better I mean obviously he's got a good workout guy and, and Bobby and they are able to keep him healthy and they're able to do cool things and flexibility and all that but he's 28 most guys physical prime is like 28 to 32 33 so if you kind of think about it in terms of he's just hitting his quote-unquote normal physical peak of what most guys would go through combined with six years of experience and by the time he's in his early 30s eight nine ten years of experience he's gonna keep getting better and I kind of made that argument early in his career that the stats might never look as good as it did those first couple years because they were so ridiculous but he's gonna become a better quarterback and I think Travis Kelsey talked about this recently that Pat's as good as he's ever been because of the mental mastery because of all the things he can do pre-snap to get everyone in the right spot to know where to go with the ball you know, you see the older quarterbacks, the Mannings, Brady's, Breeze. The ball's out so quick because they know where to go with it. They know who's going to become open. They know where the seams are. And obviously, as Travis retires and Pat has to go into a post-Travis world, like, he's probably going to rely more on that quick game and knowing where guys are instead of just kind of seeing things happen as they develop the way really only Travis can. So that mental mastery is where he's made the most strides, and it's where he honestly will continue to make the most strides, which is – Pretty scary for the rest of the league. I didn't really think about it in this way until Peter King said it last week that if you go off of Roethlisberger, if you go off Breeze, if you go off Rodgers, we are only one-third of the way through the Patrick Mahomes journey. Like six years, he then does another six, he's 34, and then you're on the back nine of his career. For him to have accomplished this much in the first six years of his career where they've been to four Super Bowls, he's won two MVPs, they have a chance to win their third Super Bowl where do you kind of stand on the greatest of all time argument that has really started to heat up here over the last 10 days or so? Where do you sit on that? I mean, people are going to say I'm biased, but I think it lends itself towards saying he is the best to have ever done it. Now, he doesn't have the longevity of anyone else because he's only been eligible to play for seven years and only started six of them. And he's not going to have as many rings, even if we win this one, as Brady and Montana and Bradshaw and, and those greats. But in terms of what he's done for the first six years of a career, it's the best that's ever been done. Like he's his six-year stretch is as good as really anyone else's six-year stretch over at any point in their career, and it was the first six years of his. So I think it's fair to extrapolate his level of success over the next two-thirds of his career. I don't think it's fair to say he's going to be in the Super Bowl 66% of the time. That's ridiculous. I can't believe we're saying that. I don't think it's fair to expect him to be in the AFC Championship game every single year. It's ridiculous that he's done that every year that he started. But you can expect for him to be the best player in the league for at least the next nine or ten years. 
you can expect the team to be really good and be able to maybe turn it up a notch in the playoffs and have more success than what the regular season would make you think. And again, it's hard to say that like, yeah, he's going to win five more Super Bowls over the next 12 years because that's what the first six years of his career looks like. But these first six years, he's the best player that's ever done it. And he's doing it in his first six years. So I just keep kind of coming back to that because it's not the prime of his career again, when he's 28 to 34 and that's the best convergence of physical attributes and mental attributes. He was so young those first few years and, and to do what he did. So, yeah, as of right now, I think most people, if you're just saying, like, who's the guy from history that at quarterback at his best you can do the most with and you can be the most successful with, I feel like Pat's the answer. Um, now, it's arguable and, you know, you can go in any direction from there, but I just think, you know, it's unprecedented what he's done and I think it's worthy of giving him that accolade. Right now, we're joined in studio by Mitchell Schwartz, all-pro right tackle, taking a closer look at Super Bowl 58. You are one of the most even-keeled people that I know. But I would even guess even you got super excited to go to the Super Bowl. You know, you grow up watching football, and now you get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. What is it like? How hard is it to contain those emotions as you get closer and closer to Super Bowl Sunday and you actually take the field? It was fun. I enjoyed you know, media night was last night. I, I had a good time with that. I mean, it kind of went by quicker than I expected. You kind of go through all these different things. I mean, all of us like to get free stuff. And so the Super Bowl, they give you all these little cool things. And it's always fun to, you know, get a nice little goodie bag from Nike or from whoever else the sponsors are. That's a lot of fun. You know, we practiced in Miami's facility and seeing their setup and their locker room and stuff was cool, too. The negative was we had to go up against the 49ers defensive line that was, I would say, better then than it is now. And having to hear about them for two weeks, having to watch that film for two weeks in a row. Um, so all the kind of cool things are offset by a little bit of the anxiety of, man, I, I really got to go up against these guys and perform. Um, you know, we were right across the street from a mall and kind of walked over to the mall and walked around a little bit. That was kind of blowing off steam. You know, I'm not someone that likes to go out and party or anything like that, so I wasn't super interested in the rest of what Miami offered. But just kind of getting your affairs in order in terms of who's showing up, what days, and who you're going to hang out with, how do you say no to people, you know, all that is a little bit tricky. And, you know, you want to see certain people, you don't want to see others, but you're obligated to see others and trying to just, you know, navigate those waters. So it was a fun week. Obviously, the victory made it all worth it. I still kind of think that the playoffs are relatively worthless unless you actually win it all because you just play more football and then you're disappointed. And the further along you get, the more football you have to play against better players and it's more stressful and it's more pounding on your body and it's less money if you're a second contract guy than what you're getting. So there's a lot of downsides to the playoffs unless you win it. And uh, winning it all definitely made it worth it. You mentioned San Francisco's defense. I've been sort of disappointed in how they've played in their first two postseason games. I don't think they were that great against the Green Bay Packers, and I just saw the Lions score 30 points against them. Like, as much as the conversation is about Brock Purdy, which is understandable given his pedigree, where he was drafted, and somewhat of his inconsistent play at times in the postseason, I don't think not nearly enough attention has been put to the fact of, of all the units in this game. So Kansas City's offense, Kansas City's defense, San Francisco, vice versa. Their defense is the worst unit in this game, in my opinion, especially when you factor in, I know Kansas City's offense can be inconsistent. They still got Patrick Mahomes. They still got Travis Kelsey. I have far more confidence in Kansas City's offense going into this game than I do San Francisco's defense. I agree, and at this point in time, I don't think it's particularly close. 
I think San Fran has missed a lot of tackles, which we don't expect of them, especially with the linebackers that they have. I think the defensive line that makes a lot of money and that's as heralded as it is isn't performing up to their level. And now, so the flip side of that is Detroit probably has the best O-line or one of the top two or three O-lines in, in the NFL. Green Bay is maybe top three to five offensive line. Their line is always really good and had a pretty good season. And the way our line has been playing the last few games, if we keep it up and we perform to a similar level that those two offensive lines did, I think that's the key to neutralizing this defense, which has always been even back when we played him, you know, five years ago, that was the key for us up front. We have to block and we have to give Pat enough time. And that was his little throwaway line in the Wasp clip is, do we have time to run Wasp? That means, can the guys protect up front long enough for me to get this playoff? Because, you know, we hadn't been doing the best job of that. And so if our O-line keeps playing the way we have been, then their defense is going to keep looking the way they have been and we're going to put up 42 points. And that's kind of the interesting I think schematic matchup as well because, you know, for people that kind of look at all the information on this game and they've heard people talk about it, like the thing with the 49ers defense that everyone's talking about is that they're relatively stagnant compared to some other defenses, especially compared to Baltimore's that we just played. And they can't just sit back and let us dictate the game. You know, they're going to have to mix things up a little bit. So seeing if they can do things that maybe aren't in, you know, their last four to eight games of when you're typically watching film and, you know, Pat's going to watch the whole season obviously, but – Doing stuff that is less recent, is breaking tendencies, is throwing, you know, Pat and the offensive line off as much as they can. That's going to be, I think, the key matchup. Because if they don't do that, and if we can just kind of go in there and, and play the way we have been the past few weeks, especially up front, um, it could get pretty ugly, and it could get ugly quick. I mean, I'm picking Kansas City for a couple of different reasons. Head coaching advantage seems obvious to me quarterback disadvantage this is as big of a quarterback disadvantage that I think you can have in a Super Bowl of this magnitude and I like Brock Purdy but you're telling me Brock Purdy in his first Super Bowl was going up against Patrick Mahomes in his fourth I think you have to be on that side and I can live with being surprised the same way we were whenever the Eagles won with Nick Foles that they beat the Philadelphia Eagles but going into it I don't know how you could pick Nick Foles to beat the New England Patriots in a postseason game and their defense I mean I I I think the same way we were talking about the units and like take both sides. I think Kansas City's defense is the best unit in this game. And I'm not confident they can stop everything that San Francisco can do. Like Christian McCaffrey is probably going to have a good day just based on how they use him and based on his usage. But I feel confident that, that they can take away a deep ball from Brandon Ayuk or they can kind of limit Debo Samuel and he doesn't have the impact on the game or kind of slow down George Kittle. I feel more confident in Kansas City's defense to slow down what San Francisco can do than I trust San Francisco to slow down Patrick Mahomes. I got this being a relatively low-scoring game. I got it 23-17. Interesting. I would say to, you know, is Purdy going to turn into Nick Foles or whatever? Foles was on a heater those last few games. It's not like he was kind of playing okay and the team wasn't doing that great and they kind of lucked into the Super I'm not going to say San Francisco, lucked into the Super Bowl, but, you know, felt like you weren't performing, especially that rainy game a few weeks ago that Purdy had. So if Purdy has a sub superhuman game and goes off it's going to be oh wow like we didn't expect that because it'll be different than what he has been playing and that's kind of the way I think we're viewing the matchup is based on really the playoffs and the playoffs alone this looks pretty one-sided like Kansas City looks like the much better team if you just take the playoffs and San Fran looks like the much better team or if you just take the regular season which I think is why they're still favored by a little bit because you're kind of going off of like the totality of what the year looks like so yeah if, if Purdy has that kind of game, it will be different than the way he's been playing recently. And 
if you stop the season after 10 or 12 weeks when he was the MVP favorite and he had a game like that, then you would say, okay, well, that's kind of the way he's been playing. It's just more of what we've seen, but that's not what he's done lately. So I tend to think this is going to be a higher scoring game just because, again, talking about their defense being kind of the worst of the four, the way our offense is playing, the way our guys seem to have been elevating the last few weeks, I could see a similar situation to like last week where we get out to a couple scores early. You know, we've come out pretty hot in, in all these playoff games. And I don't know that San Fran's defense is going to be able to kind of have that switch to flip to turn the clamps on the way Baltimore did. And um, so, yeah, I kind of see a game maybe more in the low 30s to mid 20s. I don't know if that's a 31-23, 31-24 ish game, um, but it does seem like there'll be a bit of a flurry, a couple you know touchdowns traded early, and then maybe things slow down a bit. And then as the fourth quarter picks up and, you know, it's time to score and go win the game, then maybe a, a couple touchdowns are traded again. I got a couple of questions to get you out of here with. Number one, can you bring a vegetable tray to the big game party? Because Rob is talking about bringing cauliflower and carrots and broccoli and celery to the function, and I think that's a red flag. Is that a red flag? <laughs> so you can. This is the free speech argument. You can say anything you want, but I can judge you based on what you say. So you can go ahead and bring that vegetable platter, but I can judge you based on you bringing the vegetable platter. I think in Kansas City, that's more of a no-go. You know, if I was back home in California and Los Angeles, you know, you'd probably expect some healthy dish. I would say if you're bringing a vegetable platter, there has to be ranch to dip in, and it has to be good ranch. It can't be, like, the kind of store-bought, congealed, weird stuff with, like, the mixtures. It's got to be that, like, good restaurant quality runny ranch that's like really zesty so i'd look at you sideways if you brought it i think it will get somewhat eaten but it has to have good ranch all right are you a pulled pork slider or just a regular hamburger slider individual Ooh, i would go hamburger cheeseburger slider I, i think if people have heard me talk about barbecue long enough i think pulled pork is the least good of all the uh i, I know you think a little bit differently but least good of all the kind of barbecue meats i think it's kind of the most mediocre and it's the mo- the one that you have to add the most stuff to to make it taste good like i think ribs have more flavor on their own i think really any of the beef products whether it's brisket you know burn ends are kind of brisket beef ribs i think those short ribs especially tend to have so much more flavor so pulled pork can be good i just think you kind of have to add a lot to it to make it good and i think there's something to kind of cheeseburger sliders that is really delicious and especially if you got uh the right condiments and a little bit of you know pickle and a little bit of crunch are you the home team or the visitor for the super bowl because like i can't really see you having a bunch of people over to watch the game like it seems to me like you're the visitor like you bring like a homemade dip you show up with a bottle of wine and that is your contribution to this how do you watch the super bowl I'm surprised you think I watch it with people. That's a that's a bold claim for you. I'm I am the home team, and my door is closed for the day. And I will uh, maybe order pizza because I feel like I still associate football with pizza, and uh, I know a lot of other people will. So I'll have to get that order in early. And uh, yeah, I'll enjoy it at my pace. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to have to answer questions. I kind of get in my chair and I get in my zone, and I watch the game. I can rewind it, which is the reason I love actual. TV instead of streaming stuff because the rewind capability is so much better on a normal TV than it is on a streaming service. And so I'll watch the game. I'll do my live tweeting and probably have some pizza and I'll have a good time. I have to get you out of here with this final question. We asked everybody this last week. You're the only person I will ask this question to. What is your favorite food that comes in a bowl? 
Favorite food in a bowl. Your favorite food that comes in a bowl. Ice cream was very popular last week when we did this chili. Soup was very popular. What's your favorite? So uh, ice cream was my first thought. Uh, soup is a good one. I will go specifically with matzo ball soup. Uh, for people that aren't Jewish or that haven't had matzo ball soup, you might not like it the first time you have it because it might be an acquired taste kind of thing. My wife loves it now. She never had it until she met me. Um I love matzo ball soup. I, I love soup in general, and matzo ball soup just kind of hits all the feels for taste and comfort and, uh, you know, kind of remembering what childhood was. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that as my answer. That is our guy Mitchell Schwartz joining us in studio, all pro right tackle, and here to get you ready for Super Bowl 58. Mitch, always great talking football with you, my man. Same. This is a, a fun week. I hope to see a good game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.